Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? What? That's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Until you ask it correctly. Hello, and welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church. My name is Josh Loftus, and I'm one of your hosts of the Reformatory podcast. And I'm here with my main man, my main squeeze. Oh gosh, don't say that, Jack. <laughs> Jack Barry. Jack, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. I can't. Uh, are I can't you complain? Yes, I am. Can't complain. I mean, I could, and then I'd <laughs> put it on social media. Hey, that's not. Uh, we talked. We talked about. We did this. talk about that. Don't do yeah. this. Yeah, we don't need it's to do that. It's not profitable that for right. you, for me, or anybody who would like it or share it. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Oh, dude. <clears throat> there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff. Well, first, dude, I am excited. Because have you seen now? It dropped a while ago, but we're just now talking about it. The Boba Fett. Yes. Let's talk about the Boba Fett for okay. a second. I feel like you seen that 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 Keen Peel sketch when they're the <laughs> the doormen outside, like, oh Liam Neeson. Let's talk about the Liam Neeson. <laughs> right, right, right. The Batman. Right. Uh, that's 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 how I feel right now. Uh, let's talk about the Boba Fett. <laughs> Boba Fett is my jam. <laughs> the trailer looks good, man. I'm it, excited. It's 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 trying to hype itself up. That's for sure. I mean, when a man comes in and takes over Jabba the Hutt's palace and his throne and starts to be the new criminal in style top dog of the criminal underworld, it's pretty interesting too. Because in that trailer, he said, "What is he? He he doesn't call himself a bounty hunter anymore." No, 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 he doesn't. I he's like, well. He's basically like, like everyone's like, you know, would you have, would you have said that to Jabba? Yeah, right. Yeah. And and they're like, Jabba would have killed you yeah. if you had said that to him. And, and but he's all like, no, let's talk. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk. He's being. I feel there's more sinisterness behind that versus than. It's true. Let's talk, it's true. But. but but I feel like I feel like he's he's like what's that movie? He's like I am a benevolent. Like we are <laughs> we are a benevolent king. Oh my gosh! Right. Uh, I'm the, excited for it, dude. I, like I'm all I'm all for it. Anything. And we've we've talked about this before. Anything John Favreau and Dave Filoni touch, 
turns to gold. That is true. And they could make a documentary on how like shoes are made, and I would watch it. Yeah, because it would be it would be amazing. Yeah, right. And I'm super stoked. I am bummed we're not getting any Mando this year, but they are uh, they're filming. Yeah, uh, that's going to be 2022. It's when we get some more Mando. Yeah, but uh, predictions for predictions for the the um, uh, Boba Fett film. Do you have any? Uh, for not the, film. Excuse me. The show. The TV ser- show. Yeah. The Disney series. Plus show. Um, man. It's so hard because I feel like there's so many avenues you can take, especially from when I when I grew up with Star Wars primarily, we were in this like whole like ambiguous legends phase, like George Lucas didn't want to make new movies. And so you have got his feelings hurt by some rabid fans. Probably have way too much time on their hands. (laughs) Um, But like, I think he was kind of waiting it out to till so that you could have the advent of special effects come into play so he could tell the story a little bit better, which I get. But also, it's like, man, when we were in that Legends phase in the 90s, there was so many crazy good storylines that came out of that that I think that Filoni and Favreau are picking up, which you're probably going to see in Mandalorian. You're probably going to have an addended heir to the... um, heir to the empire kind of storyline probably and you're gonna get some thrawn maybe thrown in there a little bit something along those lines i ain't mad about it um i ain't mad about it either um but also like this i think they were trying to make a underworld series as well too like lucas had that in his back pocket that they were trying to make that and now they're just basically taking the hype of what happened with mandalorian and and bringing back boba fett and then just kind of going full speed ahead so honestly anything's on the table the dude's operating out of Jabba's palace I don't have any idea of what's going to happen with that I mean there could be so many different characters that come back into it you could have like the that rogues gallery of bounty hunters come back throughout the series to interact with him and then be a part of his new crime syndicate or whatever he's trying to do or I don't know. Maybe he could take that whole mall, you know, what mall was doing. And maybe he's kind of mirroring that as well too. I don't know. It's crazy. I'm just here for the ride. So sorry. I'm, I'm texting Ted Cluck as you're talking. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was listening. I was listening, but Ted, Ted's blowing my phone up right now. So Ted. Okay. So I feel like I need some backstory here. Shout out to Ted. The dude's, <laughs> The dude's a beast. Okay, he just he just he just played. Uh, I mean, at the time of this recording, it was it was not too long ago. But when it drops, it was probably a while ago. He just played a full full contact football game oh with gosh. faculty and staff of I think it was the college he works at or yeah. or his son's school. One of the two. I'm not sure, but like he's playing with his son. So Ted's out there in full pads, dude. This full contact. He's out there in full pads, like destroying people. He, I texted him. I was like, "So, like, how'd you do?" And he's like, "Eh, I had seven tackles, one sack." I'm like, Bro, what? I just, I'm just thinking in my mind, like some sort of scene out of like a movie where there's one guy who's very like 
advanced in his developmental well, stage. Well, dude, just it's like it's havoc. like that Adam Sandler movie where he's <laughs> where he's the dodgeball. Water boy. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's dodgeball when he's when he has to go back to elementary school and he's Happy in Gilmore. I, no, no, no. Is that is that the one where where, where he's playing dodgeball or with he, all the little kids? Or when he's like and uh, he's just Happy like, Madison. Like no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. He has to go back to elementary school. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And he's just clubbing these kids <laughs> with the dodgeballs. <laughs> that's how I picture it. Because Ted's a big guy. Right, yeah, and and he's 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 athletic. He used to play football, but dude, look at this pick he sent. Billy him. Madison. Yeah, is that what it is? Look at that. Oh my god! Does not, he not look like a dude? If that if full full sprint coming at you? No, I'm I'm dropping. I'm not giving him the opportunity to Ted, hit. Ted, that picture of Ted is the prime example of why they made the movie The Replacements. Dude, <laughs> he is he is the southern. Like Brian Bosworth is what he is, dude. He is the Southern Brian Bosworth. Shout out to Ted Cluck, man, destroying it on the football field in at his stage of life. And he's not old, but you know he's he's beyond like normal people playing football. Yeah, and he's out there killing it, son. Like, and I texted him like the day after, and I'm like, so how's the back and knees? And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, it hurts so bad, <laughs> but it was worth it. <laughs> Oh, Ted. I love Ted, dude. Ted, Ted's a good guy. We're going to try to get Ted back on. He he sent me, a, he was messaging me just, just a little while ago. He's like, hey, man, I gotta want to come back. This is my best Ted impression. Hey, man, which doesn't sound anything like him. <laughs> hey, baby, I want to get back on the podcast. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Ted does use a lot of babies uh, oh, for, baby. for, for everything. I love it. I love it. Oh, man. Yeah. Shout out, Ted. Ted, if you're listening, we know you are. Uh, shout out to you, you beautiful Brian Bosworth of a man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack, what are we talking about today? This is a good topic. I like this topic. Is it right? Jesus and the gospel in every sermon? You got it, man. You got it. Jesus and the gospel every sermon. There's a lot of different rabbit trails we go on. I, I gotta we do. Like. We do. The main <laughs> the main crux of the podcast sometimes gets lost, which is, which is fair. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um, but... Um, I want to preface this with a story that I think I've told on the pod before, maybe in the days of Daniel. I know I wrote a blog on it uh, way, way back when. Um, back in one of my earliest ministry jobs, um, I remember having a conversation with one of the pastors there about the point of preaching, mm-hmm. right? Like, what, what should the point of preaching be, right? And I remember saying in that conversation, like, well, I believe that the point of preaching, the goal of the preacher, is wherever you are in the text, yeah. whether you are in the Old Testament or the New, your job as a preacher is to show the glory of Christ and his gospel in that text. Yeah. Because I believe the entirety of Scripture, no matter where you are, is a, is a, is a consistent, coherent story of Christ, redemption, right? Fall... Uh, or creation, fall, redemption, restoration, right? Yeah. Um, I believe that's true because I'm covenantal in the way that I interpret scripture, right? Um, and I remember to this day the response to that. And it was this. He goes, well, don't you think that if the gospel is in every sermon that people would just get bored of it after a while? Mm. And I'll, I'll be honest, in that stage of life that I was at, in, in my youth, I, I, I did not have a response. Yeah. I was I was flummoxed because I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't understand 
how we could think as preachers or as Christians yeah. that somehow if we talk about the gospel too much, reference the gospel too much, preach the gospel too much, that it will somehow lose its its quality. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, too much of a good thing turns it sour. All right? Yeah. Like, I like Oreos, but you eat the an entire couple sleeves of Oreos, you're going to start not liking Oreos. Yeah, right? yeah, Until yeah. the next day. And, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just Oreos, right? But it's kind of that mentality, right? Like, it's so, it's so good, but in small quantities, because we don't want it to lose... It's like we want it to remain special for people, right? So we give it to them at special occasions, right? Um, and I mean, I'll state our thesis statement right off the bat. Like, I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. Right. I do believe that the point of the sermon, again, wherever you are in scripture, I want that preacher to show me Jesus. Yep. And to show me my need for Jesus. Yep. And to show me the perfect way that Jesus meets my need. Yeah. Right? I believe that that is the point of preaching. Yeah. And what sermons should be. And the point of putting a sermon together when people ask, well, you know, like, well, well like, what's the point of your sermon? What's the goal of your sermon? And I, and I realize different aspects of scripture will have different theological things or conceptual things that you'll talk about. Right? Yeah. I, I totally get it. But what's the point of it? Right? I think that's the point. So, yeah. As 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 intro, I want I wanted to share that story because I think I think that gives some good, some good uh, some good discussion fodder, if you will. Yeah, because um, I mean, you bring up a good point as well too. Is that most people think that the gospel is like a destination? Yes. Oh, or like a one time thing. Yes. Right. Yes. You go to it. And then through that destination, then you get illuminated a little bit more and more and more, right? Versus I think what we need to understand the gospel is, is like an essential life-giving piece of our lives. The gospel is like water. We need to drink it or else we're going to get dehydrated. Um, It's like sustenance, food, anything that basically maintains you as a person. That is what the gospel needs to be looked at. Um, For Jack, it's boutique cigars. I mean, yeah. If he didn't have it, he would shrivel up. (laughs) He would cease to be. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, I mean, not only that, so there's that element to it as well. And then there's the other element to it that I think some denominations have done where they have kind of made the gospel this mysterious thing in which, you know, they may not say the gospel in their sermon, but our liturgy kind of, you know, does show the gospel. Your liturgy should show the gospel, and also your your sermon should show the gospel as well, too. It needs to be both, not just if, and, or. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of things that come into play with that, but then also it's like... One of my, I mean, one of my pastors says this pretty much every time uh, he gives us the benediction and the uh, and the blessing before we are uh, sent out from uh, service on Sunday is that week in, week out, we come to service, we gather, we gather with the people of God, and then we're going into a world that will not understand where we're coming from, uh, will uh, misalign us, will misjudge us, will broad brush us, 
will maybe even sometimes want to do malicious things because we are aligned with Jesus in his gospel. Um, so what do we need? We need the gospel. We need Jesus. We need this spiritual meal, uh, not only communion, <laughs> but we also need this spiritual meal that our pastors and preachers are giving us on Sunday in order to show us, to kind of tap into our imaginations, if you will, uh, to give us that hope uh, that is coming. So, and that is here with us right now, but is also in the future. So, yeah, there's a multi-layered dimension to why we need the gospel every single, in every single sermon and every single Sunday. Um, it's to motivate us. It's to rejuvenate us. It's to get us on mission to show what we're living for. Um, to show us and give us hope when we don't have any, when despair hits us, when the world hits us. I mean, everything. So it's so important because if, if you're a, a pastor or a preacher and you give people, I think this just goes into the understanding of who who's sitting in the pews on Sunday. There are people that are sitting in the pews on Sunday that are going through significant despair, mentally, physically, emotionally. There are people who are going through sometimes domestic violence situations. There are people who are going through abuse. There are people going through so many different things that you just don't see because they cover it or they are not going to tell you about it. Or I don't know why you have not <laughs> interacted with those folks to find out how they're doing in this season of life. Um, and if you give them a, a meal, so to say, a scriptural meal that is anemic of the gospel and of giving them hope in Christ, does that do them any justice throughout the week? Is that going to sustain them throughout the week? No, it's not. So, well, and yeah. and, and it's 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 interesting to to piggyback on that, right? Like, say say we are in a sermon series um, because we preach expositionally, mm -hmm. right? Book by book. Um, say we're in a sermon series of like uh, I don't know judges or, yeah. or 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 First <laughs> Second Samuel, right? Yeah, something where it is not like 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 New Testament epistles. It's not theologically driven right we're reading historical events right things like that um, what happens very easily and I would say every time if the gospel is not the focus of those passages is you end up with a moralistic sermon yep right because if you're gonna take the story of I don't know David and Goliath, right? That's that's like the the famous one, right? Or 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 Adam and Eve, or something like that, right? Um, and you make you you preach that that particular sermon or that that particular passage in a way that is devoid or separated from the encompassing truth of Scripture. Right. Which is the gospel. Right. Yeah. What you're going to end up with is one, just kind of a history lesson. Yep. And two, a let's all be more like David. Right. Or let's all be like Ruth or let's 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 have the courage like Esther. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Right? Um, fill in the blank, right? And at the end of the day, one, that doesn't do anybody any good. Yeah. And two, nowhere in scripture are we called to be like anybody other than Christ, right? Mm. Paul obviously says, imitate me, but imitate me, why? As I imitate Christ, right? He's linking it back to that, yeah. right? So what happens when you engage, uh, um, especially with Old Testament passages, without the lens and the focus of where is Jesus here? Where is our need for Christ, right? Where is our sin? Where is our need for the power of Jesus? And where is his redemption, right? Where are the promises of Christ? Because remember, the entire New Testament is a foreshadow, right? Pointing to the person that is revealed in the new, mm-hmm. right? That's what it is, right? So when you're engaging in stories like like a David and Goliath, it's very easy to be like, you know, look at the courage David had. Let's all be David. Yeah. Let's all slay our giants, right? Um, and it is true to a degree that like God put those individuals in there as examples, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right. Like David was a man after God's own heart. And there were aspects of David that are very honorable mm-hmm. that we should strive for, but it's not because David did it. <laughs> sure. Right. It's because of who enabled him. Yeah. Right. So when we're talking about the need for the gospel in preaching, that's what we're talking about is let's look at this particular passage. Where in this particular passage do we see the need for Jesus? And it's there, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Where do we see it? And then where and how do we see the person of Jesus Christ through his gospel be the perfect the 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 perfect fulfillment of that need, right? Yeah. Um, because otherwise you're just you're just basically giving a history lesson that is has a moralistic conclusion and moralism is not the point of the gospel. Yeah. And it's not the point of scripture. Yeah. Because we can't be moral without yeah. the gospel, right? Yeah. Um so that we we need to get that without that focus and without that lens and without that like preconceived idea of okay, how are we going to how how are we going to find this particular thing in the passage that we're at we're severely missing the mark yeah right and we're not truly giving people what they need to survive and the focus that they need because you're right here's the thing people are coming into church like people are coming into church weary oh yeah big time they're in need yep of sustenance yep right they are in need of the reminder and the proclamation that they are nothing without Jesus and they are everything. They have everything with Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A little case study as well too. what you brought up when Ruth, um, we were, we started to go into chapter three of Ruth and chapter three of Ruth is starts to get a little bit. How shall I say weird? Just say it yeah. weird. And our pastor, I'm very thankful for our pastoral team and where he said, you know, Ruth is getting dressed up and doing all this stuff. Now, hey, single ladies, you might want to do this as well, too. And he's like, no. It's like, that's not what I'm telling you to do. Right. right. Because he was saying primarily, uh, and he made this point well. He's like, primarily, sometimes scripture is very descriptive versus prescriptive. Sure. And not everything described is prescribed. Yeah. And so 
just because it's happening in Ruth that she's doing that there's a certain event unfolding that does not necessarily mean that somehow this can come back to us in the modern era and we need to do this thing a certain way, right? So my my pastor brought up that as well as just looking at the fact that the story is unfolding because the author of the text is wanting you to show, wanting you to see something in certain people and primarily certain characteristics of people. Um, and it's, and it's more kind of not so much being, being these people, but it's like, what is, what's happening in this passage? Boaz is being very gracious and generous, and he's also being very loyal. That's something to aspire to. It's not saying 100%. you need to more be, you need to be more like Boaz. It's more like look at how gracious our God is, is because He's made us in His image, and He and people are doing this, and being image bearers in these ways in the in the text. And so, how can I pull that out to say, look at how gracious too our God is to us? So it's not so much I need to be more like Boaz or I need to be more like Ruth, but look at how gracious our God has made us and designed us in these certain ways and also is calling us to these certain things. So, yeah, I mean, there is, a, I mean, and I was, I was very trepidatious when I'm like, he's going into chapter three. Chapter three is the pinnacle of weirdness when it comes to people trying to even tackle that text and he did it in a way that was like very much like upfront to say like, you may th- like this. And he was actually, thankfully, um, one of my pastors knows Hebrew. And so he was looking in the original Hebrew to kind of pull out all that there was in the original um, language to show you, yeah, there is sometimes uh, an innuendo here or a foreshadowing of um but that foreshadowing is primarily trying to lead you into a picture in which what God wants for him and his people. And what you see in Boaz and Ruth is what God wants and has shown himself in the personal work of Jesus and his church. So if you're not going back to those dynamics and you're just going back to be more like Ruth, that's, that's not helping well, yeah, me. I mean, I mean, yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> or like like some of your men need to up your game because look at how Boaz flirts with Ruth. Oh, like, gosh, yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> leave her a little extra the, uh, you know, of the grain, you know, <laughs> drop a little here for her, you know, and picture him in the corner just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it just, you can get real creepy real yeah, quick. Yeah, oh, yeah. You nope, know what I'm saying? Nope, not one that. Yeah, no, no, 100%. Um, and yeah, it's, it's you look at like, even just you know broad broad picture you look at the faithfulness of the lord to ruth mm. right like how he called her out of paganism yeah and showed himself to her through this person of boaz right through through her mother-in-law right how yeah. she's introduced to the one true god mm-hmm. right and how he provides for them even in the midst of great you know, turmoil in both in their own lives, all the death that they experienced, yeah. and also just the the famine that was ripping through the land at the time. Right? Yeah. Like, look at how the Lord is faithful to them. Now, look, the Lord is faithful to them. How has the Lord been faithful to us? How has the Lord provided for you in your great need? Right? Yeah. Right? Having a gospel centered interpretation, a gospel centered hermeneutic, then gives you the correct 
yeah. way to be able to then go through the passages of scripture and preach them, right? Yeah. Um, and here's the thing, kind of s- circling back to the 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 story that I gave. If the gospel becomes stale mm. to the individual in its preaching, mm-hmm. that means one of two things. Mm-hmm. Either that individual who is listening mm-hmm. has not truly been changed by the gospel. Oh, boy. Or the person that is preaching mm-hmm. does not understand the gospel oh. that they are preaching. <laughs> okay? Yep. All right? That's what that means. Yep. Because we as Christians, those who have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, when the gospel is preached, it should move us. Yeah. Right? And I'm not talking like every time you need to be on your knees weeping because of how emotional it is. I do think there should be an emotional aspect to it for sure. Sure. Because part of being made in God's image, I believe, is having emotions. Yeah. But the gospel should move us. And we should never, ever grow weary of hearing it. We should never, ever grow weary of hearing the truths that I am a wretched sinner who deserved nothing but God, being Mm -hmm. full of rich and mercy, decided to love me anyway and give me Jesus, Mm -hmm. right? That truth should never, ever become stale to us, right? And obviously there are times in our life where we go through periods of spiritual spiritual dryness yeah where you know we struggle with certain things right where the gospel is not as beautiful as it once was in our hearts right but what i'm talking about is a consistent the gospel means nothing to me Mm -hmm. right i'm not moved by its truths i don't see the the need for it right i don't feel the need to be reminded of it every week right this is part of the reason and this will be a future uh future ep this is part of the reason why i am a huge advocate of the lord's supper every week yeah taking communion that sacrament every week and not just saving it for a once once a month thing yeah because we need that reminder yeah absolutely of the blood that was spilt and the body that was broken on our behalf in Jesus Christ. I need that every Sunday, dude. Yeah. Not a Sunday goes by that I do not need the gospel preached to me. Yeah. And I need to be reminded of my sinfulness and then reminded of Christ's faithfulness and how yeah. he has reconciled me, right? So, yeah, the gospel should not be a stale thing. Never, if you are a preacher, a pastor, never ever grow weary of preaching it. Because you have nothing else worth preaching. Yeah. It's a paraphrase of the Spurgeon quote. One of my favorite Spurgeon quotes. He said, he said, uh, I want this engraved on a future pulpit. Spurgeon said this. He said, no Christ in your sermon, sir. Then go home. Never preach again until you have something worth preaching. Yeah. Spurgeon understood the need of the gospel in every sermon. And we should also understand our need for the gospel in every aspect of life, mm-hmm. not just at conversion, yeah. not just when we were saved. The gospel is not merely the thing that you heard regenerated you and then you move on to deeper theology, yeah. right? The gospel is everything. It encompasses everything. Yeah. And there is nothing in this Christian life that should not be filtered through and pointing back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, can't really argue with that. <laughs> 
That was my plan. <laughs> See, every once in a while, I'll just drop a hot take mic drop. Oh my gosh. It just silences the room. You can hear a pin drop. No, I'm kidding. Good gracious. Jack, my friend, get yes, us sir. out of here in the gospel. <laughs> I don't know about in the gospel, but I can I can do it in a way in which it talks to how if you want to hear more about the gospel and how Josh there and I go. try to incorporate that into how that's lived out in your local church, you can uh, follow us on the sociables, if you will, the metaverse of the Facebook. Yes. The Zex site. The robots. That will go down, that will ultimately not work in the next 24 hours for whatever reason. Um, the Instagram goes well with marshmallow and chocolate, if you will, or the Twitter the tweaker, the little doesn't go well with anything. Yeah, just gives you heartburn. It's just foul. That's all yeah, it is. It really uh, is. <laughs> you can follow us all at those tags at Reformatory Pod. Josh, you can tell the lovely people they can support us further. There are many ways you endeavors. can support us. If you appreciate Jack and I's encouragement to make the local church the gospel center in the life of the believer, uh, you can support us in a number of ways. Prayer, really appreciate that. You can give us a like and review, five-star review. We appreciate those, especially if you're on Apple. Scroll down, give us a little review, give us a like. We really appreciate it. Helps us get it out to more people and encourage um, encourage more people in that endeavor. Uh, last uh, and least, uh, you can become a Patreon supporter. Um, it does cost a little bit of money to produce and upkeep podcasts and stuff like that, payment plans, websites, things of that sort, um, which we will be having a website. A website is in the works. Ooh, dude, I want to do a little a little announcement. A little oh plug. Oh boy. Forgot about this. We have in the works. This is this is this is breaking news. Breaking news for Reformatory. There's there's big things coming in the new year. We have in the works a website for our uh, for our podcast, right? In which there will be cool pictures, videos, things of that sort. It'll be kind of a place to where we can uh, you know, put all of our content. Uh, we'll hopefully have a little page there for blogs, uh, little little things people want to write. There'll be submissions. People want to submit things uh, to be posted on the Reformatory page. Mm. Um, we will have a store. For reformatory <laughs> swag. Oh boy! That's right. You're hearing it here. <laughs> Shirts, sweatshirts, little doohickeys. There might be a water bottle, maybe some hats, some beanies. We're uh, fervently working up cool designs for uh, our listeners, and uh, hopefully in the new year we will be launching the website with the e-commerce store, so you can support the reformatory. Get yourself some amazing swag. It's all going to be on there. But there's more, Jack. Oh boy! I have You're completed. Going. And it has gone around uh, a few individuals and gotten the two thumbs of approval. In the new year, we will be launching the Reformatory with a brand new intro. Something that has distinguished the Reformatory amongst other podcasts (laughs) is our amazing intro. That is true. We We have a very unique intro. We have a unique intro. We like our intro. We think our intro is pretty awesome. We are going to be having a brand spanking new intro. There, yep. there will be a new sound, a new vibe to the Reformatory coming in the new year. <laughs> and I think personally, I don't want to, don't want to, you know, toot my horn too much. I think this intro is even better than the one that we've got. 
So be on the lookout early 2022 for those new things. And we'll be, we'll be, uh, we'll be hyping that up more, uh, um, from here on out for sure until, until they drop. So ladies and gentlemen, we thank you all so much for listening and we will catch you on the next step of the reformatory. (laughs) 